What's up, everybody? On today's show, Arkansas without one of their uh, big names this weekend, while Tennessee loses one of their linebackers, some monster non-conference games like Auburn at Cal, A&M at Miami, and the headliner Texas at Alabama. We'll give you all of our SEC Week 2 game picks. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college. Enter our promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. All right, let's jump into it. Plenty to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Arkansas as Sam Pittman going to be without one of his key offensive playmakers going into week two. Uh, the head coach confirming on his weekly radio show that the preseason second team AP All-American tailback Rocket Sanders will miss at least a game and possibly a few more with a left knee injury. Sanders uh, had some swelling after the season opening victory against Western Carolina. Here's what Sam Pittman said. He said, Rocket has an injury. It's going to take a couple of weeks for him to heal. But that's the length of, it, length of it, maybe two, maybe three weeks. So he won't be able to play this Saturday, possibly next Saturday. We're not positive about that, but it's not going to linger any further, maybe just a couple of games. Of course, Rocket Sanders rushed for over 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns last year, was first team all SEC, him and Quinchon Judkins, Kind of went back and forth throughout the seasons for that, uh, through the season for that rushing title in the conference. But uh, Arkansas is going to host Kent State this week on the SEC Network, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. So, look, Arkansas can be all right against Kent State, but take a look at their next two games. Next week, they will host BYU next Saturday night on ESPN2 before a trip to Baton Rouge on September 23rd at LSU. So this is definitely going to be an injury worth tracking for Arkansas. Uh, it's one of the best players in the SEC. Uh, last week, what was behind him, A.J. Green, he had 22 yards rushing. Rashad DeBinion had 15 yards, and Dominic Johnson had 14 yards rushing. So uh, wasn't a whole lot of rushing yards in that game for Arkansas. Um, you know, K.J. Jefferson threw for a bunch of yards, and it was Western Carolina, so I don't know how much we can take away from that. But, you know, you can get by with those guys in the backfield against Kent State. But what does it look like against BYU and possibly LSU in two weeks if Rocket Sanders isn't back for those games? So, again, something definitely worth tracking over these next couple of weeks for um, for Arkansas. Over Tennessee, starting linebacker Keenan Peely, who transferred in from BYU this offseason, he's going to miss a couple of weeks with an injury. Josh Heupel confirmed the news this week. Peely had four tackles against Virginia in week one. Uh, playing that middle linebacker spot for the Vols. Heupel said that uh, we weren't sure earlier in the week the severity of the injury. He will not be available this week. He will miss a couple of weeks here, but it does not sound, uh, obviously, you know, not season-ending 
So that's good news. Uh, but Peely out means possibly more snaps for freshman Arian Carter. A lot of fans are excited to see him get more action, or they may just go with the sophomore Elijah Herring. Uh, but both those guys have a lot of uh, promise, so we'll see. Maybe won't uh, matter much for Tennessee with Peely out. Uh, Heupel also talking about some of his offensive weapons, including running back Dylan Sampson, who had a real nice start to the year with three uh, touchdowns against Virginia a week ago and a receiving touchdown. He's just a sophomore, part of that three-headed attack with Jabari Small and Jalen Wright. But Josh Heupel saying on Dylan Sampson, he's very confident in who he is and what he's doing. He demands things out of the guys around him, and he's willing to act, which is a sign of great leadership. Sampson had almost 400 rushing yards and six touchdowns a year ago as a freshman. So I'll see if he can continue to build on that as the season goes along. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, they are getting ready for their big matchup against number 11, Texas. Talking with the media this week, Nick Saban talking about the Texas quarterback, Quinn Ewers. He said, quote, he's a really good player, does a great job with their offense, reads coverage as well, accurate with the football. He's got really good skill guys on the outside, and they're able to take advantage of that. So it's going to be a real challenge for us to affect him, but also do a good job of covering their guys. Now, Jalen Milrow did a good job for Alabama against Middle Tennessee, throwing for three touchdowns and rushing for two. Milrow's a Texas native, so... Obviously going to be a fun storyline there going up against a team that he was uh, once uh, assumed to be going to. But Nick Saban also talking about Steve Sarkeesian, the connection there, former OC who's now the head coach over at Texas. And uh, Saban said, I think Sark is one of the best coaches we've ever been around when it comes to offense. He's got a great disposition with players. He's a great teacher, has a great understanding of the game, really understands defense and how to attack it. Sark did a great job when he was here for us, doing a great job at Texas. This is going to be a very challenging game for us. They recruited well. They coached well. They've got good players. And uh, we will see if Alabama can beat Texas. Game is in Tuscaloosa, but Texas a very, very good team. Now, we do know College Game Day will be on site for that one this Saturday. And the celebrity guest picker is going to be Joe Namath, former NFL, well, NFL Hall of Famer and former Crimson Tide quarterback and uh, he will be the guest picker this week this will be the 17th all-time trip for college game day to tuscaloosa and the first for the program since the 2020 iron bowl so alabama's 15th uh, i'm sorry 55th total appearance on game day it's the second most of any team other news over at auburn they could be without one of their key linebackers for a while linebacker austin keys suffered a thumb injury and their opener against UMass that required surgery. Euphrey said he could be out a while. Uh, Keys transferred to Auburn after two seasons at Ole Miss. Had a solid year for the Rebels last year. Had a couple sacks, a forced fumble, 39 tackles. Uh, getting Keys back to 100% down the stretch is going to be big for Auburn. But uh, expect North Texas linebacker Larry Nixon transferred in this offseason. He could be that fill-in for Keys at middle linebacker. Uh, a few other notes. Freeze had some high praise for... Senior lineman, offensive lineman Gunnar Britton, who was the anchor on that offensive line, earned SEC O-Lineman of the Week honors. Free saying he's very valuable to us, can play all five positions. We move him around quite a bit. I think right now we're really comfortable with nine guys on that O-line, and it's probably going to be a couple of games before we are fully settled in there. Lastly, Freeze asked about his quarterback, Peyton Thorne. He said, look, Peyton continues to show he has a great understanding of, of things, of this offense, has great leadership capabilities, can move around with his legs. I think he's a bit more accurate in his decisions and his passing 
than others. So uh, expect to see Peyton Thorne maybe take his game to another level this week playing Cal. And on that note, uh, Cal running back, Jaden Ott, not intimidated by Auburn. He spoke with the media this week and said, there's a lot of focus on their name, Auburn. But what I see on film is not really in comparison to what their name is. I just want to get that into my guys' heads that a name doesn't mean anything. So that's going to be a late night one, 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern, Auburn going out to Cal. But uh, the Cal running back, Jaden Ott, had like 180 yards rushing or something last week, playing North Texas. He ain't afraid of Auburn. The logo and the name don't scare him. So that's going to be a fun fun one to watch for. All right, a couple other notes here uh, for the SEC SEC releasing a statement on recent negotiations between Charter Communications Cable and Disney. The statement encourages SEC fans to subscribe to some of the streaming services like DirecTV, Sling TV, Hulu, YouTube TV, Fubo, while that Charter Cable fight goes on. A statement is referenced in reference to recent blackouts that have kept Spectrum customers from being able to get ESPN or the SEC Network. A lot of fans complained last week when they were not able to see their favorite team's games. And those negotiations forcing some users to cut the cord completely from cable. So several big games on ESPN channels this weekend, like Alabama, Texas, Ole Miss, Tulane, Mississippi State, Arizona. So uh, you'll have to make a do with um, how you're going to watch those games. Uh, you can only go so far with burying, burying uh, or borrowing mom and dad's ESPN uh, cable login to get uh, to stream your games. But again, look, even if you pay for cable, it's 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 hard. If you're one of these that's uh, having a contract dispute with Disney, you're not going to be able to see the games. But uh, mm, tough. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we will uh, continue going around the conference. We've got more tidbits to get to. That's coming your way in just a sec. But first, I want to remind you guys that this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Look, we tell you all the time, Bird Dogs is going to make you look good. They've got those stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg that is going to give you that truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts doing the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They uh, fit better than those regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs use that anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. They're great for any occasion, including tailgating. You might be going to a football game this weekend. Bird Dogs are going to look good on you. It's still hot as hell across the south. And uh, look, even when it cools down, Bird Dogs has you covered. The shorts go for any weather, any occasion. So go to birddogs.com slash college. Enter our promo code Locked On College at checkout. That is going to get you that free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. It's a nice water bottle. That is birddogs.com slash locked on college for that free water bottle at checkout. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Going along here. Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And a quick reminder to check out the Locked on College College Football Preview Show airing every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 Eastern, getting you guys set for the weekend of college football. Going to be previewing a lot of the big matchups with all of our experts all along the Locked on College Network. And uh, you can find the video wherever you uh, find Locked on College show streaming on YouTube. It is uh, 
easy to find. And, um, again, those guys do a great job uh, do, putting it all together. We were on there last week previewing some of the big games in the SEC. We'll do it again this week. So check that out on uh, – uh, wherever you are on Friday, check out uh, the slate getting you previewed for the weekend of college football. All right, let's dive back into it. We've got more to discuss as we go around the conference. And next up, we stop over in Georgia as Kirby Smart talking about that week one game against Tennessee Martin where they were supposed to play Oklahoma, and that game was canceled because of Oklahoma's jump into the SEC next year. Greg Sankey asked them to do so. A lot of people wonder, well, why is Alabama playing Texas? Well, they're finishing off the back end of a home-and-home, home, Alabama and Texas. Georgia was going to begin the front end of a Georgia-Oklahoma series. Now, look, they could have made it work where, you know, Georgia-Oklahoma, somebody returns the favor next year, and you kind of go from there. But I guess the SEC just didn't want to deal with that and all the scheduling. But Kirby said, look, level of disappointment, I don't know I would describe it as that unfortunate cost of progress there's benefits there's offset offsets uh the benefactor of that situation was probably tennessee martin and how much their coach appreciated the ability to come play at our place and he didn't say this but they appreciated the paycheck as well at tennessee martin but kirby talking about his starting quarterback carson beck's performance in week one he said that uh, poise confidence in the pocket understanding the check systems where to go with the ball all those are things that uh, carson beck Needs to keep working on, but uh, did well in week one. He said, uh, getting us out of a play, when to get rid of it. I thought he did a really nice job with that. Thought he had a couple of passes he missed. I think he'd like to have back. But outside of that, he managed and handled the game well. Georgia will continue its uh, journey towards a three-peat with a uh, home matchup against Ball State this Saturday. Man, uh, if you're a Georgia season ticket holder, you really got to be excited to uh, go watch some of these games. Man, it's a it's a tough home slate for Georgia that you're getting excited for. All right, over at Texas A&M, they are heading on the road to go play Miami. And uh, look, a lot was made of the offensive coordinator hire and Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. And uh, Jimbo talked about the uh, week one performance where they put up 52 points on New Mexico. Jimbo Fisher said, look, very good. I thought things went very smooth. Petrino made some great play calls. We had great communication, not only with myself, but the staff, people inside, getting the signals, getting the calls, translating the information between drives, going over the mistakes and things we wanted to do. I thought it went very smooth. I thought Bobby did a great job. Now, ESPN's Chris Lowe wrote a feature piece on Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher and that dynamic. Jimbo kind of clearing the air there saying, look, I'm not as stubborn as some people might think. I know what I want in a football program. It's not good. I'm not going to panic or do something just because somebody out this, outside this building thinks I should. Uh, he said, I don't perceive what people think. I worry about what I need to worry about to make the adjustments in our program, which we do. He said, uh, outside perception is not a big thing. And I don't say that arrogantly. I just say it. You can't worry about it. Coach Bobby Bowden told me a long time ago, when you start listening to everybody, you'll be end up sitting with them. So, um, look, Petrino and his offense getting a big challenge this weekend, going out to Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. The Aggies won this game a year ago, 17-9. It'll be a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central kickoff. I'm calling it a must-win for the Aggies. You just can't lose this one. Um, and if you win it, you, you are sitting pretty. You're in a good spot. You'll move up in the rankings. And everything to play for still with SEC games coming ahead. All right, over at Kentucky, Mark Stoops talking with the media this week. And he's got some familiar faces on the other sideline over at Eastern Kentucky. That's who they're playing this week. Among them... Uh, Eastern Kentucky quarterbacks coach Maxwell Smith 
Tight ends coach C.J. Conrad, both of them uh, played at Kentucky under Stoops. Stoops saying, look, I won't think uh, much of our personal relationship once the game starts. I know those guys have a ton of respect for them. Uh, Maxwell Smith was one of my first quarterbacks when I got here. He ended up transferring, had a good career, and came back years later, worked with me, enjoyed having him. He said, it feels like C.J. was with, with me basically the whole time. Um, he said, I love those guys, love their families, and have great respect for them. But, yeah, once the game gets going, personal relationships step aside. Kentucky's coming off a 44-14 week one victory over Ball State. Uh, after looking at the film, Mark Stoops said, I felt like our team was not satisfied with every aspect, but as I told them after watching the film, if we play with that same type of intensity and continue to try to be physical and prepare the right way, good things are going to happen. We just got to get the details up in here this week. Over at Mississippi State, Zach Arnett looking to build off of his week one win, a 48-7 dominating win over southeastern Louisiana. Ahead of the matchup against Arizona, Coach Arnett said, look, facing an incredibly talented Arizona team, year three in their system, offensively, kind of veteran, got a lot of playmakers, returning quarterback, other returning guys, really deep group of running backs. They did a nice job in the transfer portal addressing needs on both sides of the ball. He said they played a really physical game last week against Northern Arizona. I saw a stat that in terms of first and 10 play calling, they're the most efficient team in the country last year and through the first week of this year in terms of efficiency, staying ahead of the chains offensively. So going to be a tough challenge. That quarterback, Jaden DeLara for Arizona, played against Mississippi State a year ago. They will kick off 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern Saturday night. Over to Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin still not liking the new clock rule changes. Uh, He talked about it this week. He said, look, I just don't understand it. People pay to see. They sit down as a family to watch the game. They pay for tickets to go to a game, and we're trying to shorten it. It's not like it was broken. We've got a lot of problems that need to be fixed in the world of college football and running the clock so a game's quicker. I just don't get it. I said to the staff, you go to a country concert, you want them to sing two less songs? No. Well, why do you want a game to be shorter? They just don't really show much awareness about what we should be getting worked on and fixed on fixed around college football, in my opinion. That was Lane Kiffin. Now, he's got a big challenge this week. Ole Miss going to New Orleans to play top 25 Tulane at Yuleman Stadium. The Rebels, of course, disposed of FCS Mercer in week one, 73-7, uh, outgaining the Bears 667 yards to 235. Jackson Dart was phenomenal. Uh, But Ole Miss releasing their uniform combinations for Saturday. They'll be wearing their white helmets with red and powder blue striping, white jerseys with red striping, and blue gloves. That'll be a 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern game Saturday afternoon on ESPN. The Rebels have won the last 10 games in that series. Over at Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz, very complimentary of his wide receiver, Luther Burden, this week, former five-star recruit who uh, is – trying to live up to those expectations and had a nice week one drink saying Luther's kind of taking that next step in his progression, understanding his talent and uh, trying to utilize everything from nutrition, sleep, rehab, player performance, strength and conditioning, all of that. I think he's taken his approach much more seriously and uh, Burden led the team in receiving yards in their opener against South Dakota with 96, also found the end zone on a 15-yard catch in the fourth quarter. Over at 
uh, Florida. They are trying to regroup after their week one loss at Utah. And uh, some bad news as Florida defensive back Jadarius Perkins announced Thursday he's entering the transfer portal. Tweeted out, I want to thank Dan Mullen and Scott Strickland for giving me an opportunity to be a Gator, something I will cherish forever. Wish my brothers luck at finishing this season. He was a senior with the Gators, entering the transfer portal as a grad student. In 20 games for the Gators, he had 40 tackles and interception and three pass breakups. Now, Billy Napier said uh, Florida needs to earn their first win this week against McNeese. He said, we're still working on developing our team. We'll begin the game like we begin all games. I think the emphasis really is more on our process and making the most of every opportunity throughout this week. Now, Florida D-lineman Tyreek Sapp says the Gator defense needs to create more sacks to improve. He was on a Billy Napier's radio show this week and said, uh, we've got to rush the quarterback better. Rush the quarterback, try to get some sacks. That's the goal this week. Meanwhile, over at LSU, Brian Kelly meeting with the media uh, following their week one loss at Florida State and getting ready for FCS Grambling State this Saturday night. Uh, Going to see maybe some adjustments for LSU. One player that will see the field, we expect, is their true freshman big-time recruit, Lance Hurd, was a five-star offensive lineman. Brian Kelly said they'd like to get him a look with their first-team unit at some point. Uh, they'll also see running back Logan Diggs for the first time in an LSU uniform. He's a Notre Dame transfer, did not play last week. He is expected to return to the field this week. And Brian Kelly, one more thing, said uh, he needs his quarterback to be more prudent with the hits he takes in the open field. Jaden Daniels, he said, I think he needs to be a little bit smarter in the things that he does. We don't want him to be anybody else but Jaden, but I think he can be a bit more prudent in some of the decisions he makes. Of course, Daniels uh, stayed in the air on a run, or leaped into the air on a run, and got blew up by a Florida State linebacker in that game last Sunday night. Brian Kelly said he's always run that way, so we're not going to try to change him too much, but trying to jump over the pile, I think we can tamp that down a bit. Uh, Daniels finished with 346 passing yards and 64 rushing yards Sunday night's loss against Florida State. Over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer, the Gamecocks, trying to bounce back from their loss at the hands of North Carolina. And they're a little banged up. Sophomore defensive back Nick Emanwari, uh, redshirt sophomore defensive end Jatias Gear, offensive lineman Marquis Anderson, and senior DB David Spaulding will all miss this weekend's game against Furman. Uh, Emanwari dealing with hamstring injury. Uh, Yahoo Sports reporting that starting offensive lineman Kaysen Henry is not expected to play either. He's a redshirt freshman, so very banged up. We'll see what uh, South Carolina looks like this weekend. And there you have it. That's the latest news going on around the conference. When we return, we are going to give you all of our week two picks and betting lines. We will touch on that coming up, coming your way in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, FanDuel is getting ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to go join FanDuel. It is the app. That is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from uh, point spreads to player props, much, much more. they got a ton of stuff up there, so go check them out right now. It is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. 
FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. I roll along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. And uh, we got some picks to make. Look, it is SEC Week 2. We've got a ton of games to get into, so let's dive into it. First up, before we get to our picks, we do need to mention there are five teams without betting lines over at FanDuel. So uh, it is Austin P at Tennessee. Expect Joe Milton to put up some big numbers in Tennessee to roll once again. Eastern Kentucky at Kentucky. Hopefully Devin Leary looks a little bit better than last week. I thought he could have looked a little bit better. See what he does. Expect Kentucky to win big. Grambling at LSU. uh, Furman at South Carolina. And McNeese at Florida. Look, these are all three teams that took L's in week one against Power 5 opponents. Now you get some lower tier opponents to put up some crooked numbers like a lot of the other SEC teams did a week ago. So expect LSU, South Carolina, Florida all to win and win big. All right, let's get into the slate of games. So we start with Vandy at Wake Forest. I am taking Wake Forest minus the 10. I like Vandy. I'm rooting for Vandy. First off, this is a 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern kickoff on the ACC Network. So college game day is still going to be going on when this game kicks off. So it's in its own time slot. It's by itself. So it's going to be fun to, to keep an eye on it. But Wake beat up on Elon last week while Vandy Remember, they beat Hawaii Week 0, then played around with Alabama A&M for a half before pulling away in the second half. Wake Forest won this game last year 45-25. to Now, quick context. That was with the quarterback, Sam Hartman, who was now the starting quarterback for Notre Dame. He was really good. So, Wake doesn't have that. I just feel like going on the road, Clark Lee's bunch, they've done pretty good defensively so far this year. I just don't trust the offense. I think Wake Forest scores and scores a lot. I, uh, I will take Wake minus the 10. So Vandy will take their first loss of the season and drop to 2-1. and one. All right, other games. Ball State at Georgia. That spread is 42. I'm taking Ball State plus the 42. I know Ball State just lost to Kentucky last week, 44-14. So that's a 30-point loss. Georgia beat up on Tennessee Martin. They won 48-7. So they won by 41. I think Georgia wins big. I just think that number's too high. Put it this way. If Georgia wins 48-7, to that's a Ball State cover. So we're just playing the odds. We're going to take Ball State plus the 42. Um, but I think Georgia wins big. And I think Carson Beck puts up some more touchdowns this week. He needs to. He's my Heisman dark horse. I've got a betting slip on him. Let's go. Uh, other games, we've got Ole Miss at Tulane. I'm taking Tulane plus the 7.5 at home. The Green Wave in the Willie Fritz offense, they scored points at home. Last week, quarterback Michael Pratt, he was near perfect. He was 14 for 15 for 294 yards and four touchdowns in a win over South Alabama. South Alabama is a decent team. That's not like some, that's not like Mercer, like uh, Tulane, or like Ole Miss beat up on last week. Uh, this same Tulane team earlier this year, back in January, beat the Heisman winner Caleb Williams and USC. Tulane will be much more competitive than Mercer was week one for Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss wins the game, but I think Tulane keeps it close. Give me Tulane plus the seven and a half. I think uh, Ole Miss wins some, you know, wins like a shootout. Let's say like 42-35, something like that. But we'll see. All right, AM is at Miami. Texas AM won this game last year 17 to 9. 
I think this is going to be a tough test, but I think there's going to be more points scored to stick go around. Connor Wegman looked really good in the Bobby Petrino offense last week. To me, I feel like this is a must-win for AM. Um, I'm going to take AM minus the four points. I just feel like if they lose this one on the road, we're going to be talking about Jimbo Fisher and the, what's the buyout money again? The Petrino experiment didn't work. Like this is all the talking points we're going to hear this week if AM loses. So I'm taking AM. I just think they got too much talent on that roster. Those four and five star recruits they've recruited on the defense and the offense. I think AM wins and they cover the four points at Miami. The U, not back yet. Next up, we got Kent State at Arkansas. Kent State lost last week 56 to 6 at Central Florida. Uh, but with Rocket Sanders out for Arkansas, maybe the offense isn't as explosive. 38 points is a lot. Arkansas did beat Western Carolina last week, 56 to 13. But I'm just playing the averages. I think Arkansas wins big, but I think Kent State covers the 38. So maybe the final is something like 45 to 10. I'm going to take Kent State plus the 38 points. Next up, we got Middle Tennessee State at Mizzou. Uh, Mizzou is a 21-point favorite. The Blue Raiders lost to Bama last week, 56-7. Mizzou beat South Dakota, 35-10. I think Mizzou gets up by 21. My question is, can they hold on to that big lead late? Does Middle Tennessee get a late backdoor cover? I think Mizzou holds on. So give me Mizzou minus the 21. Uh, Arizona and Mississippi State. Arizona is a nine-point underdog. Last season, Mississippi State won this game 39-17. to but of course, that was with Mike Leach. The Wildcats beat up Northern Arizona week one, 38-3. Their quarterback, Jaden DeLara, was very good. Mississippi State, they beat Southeastern Louisiana 48-7. I just feel like this one's close for some reason. Give me Arizona plus the nine. I think, I think Mississippi State wins, but uh, I don't know why. I just feel like Arizona will hang in there, keep that one close. Uh, then we got some of the bigger ones. Auburn is at Cal. Auburn minus six and a half. I know the trash talk going on with the Cal running back and all that. I just, Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery, two really good offensive minds. I think they're going to go to Cal, score some points. And I think Auburn covers the six and a half. Maybe not as many Robbie Ashford rushing touchdowns this week. But I think Peyton Thorne throws, uh, plays well. I think he throws for a ton of yards. And I think Auburn covers that game. That's going to be a late night game. If you're on the East Coast, that game's going to end somewhere around 1.30 in the morning. So uh, have your Red Bulls ready. I mean, if you're in the Central Time Zone, 9.30, goodness, 10.30, 11.30, 12.30, yeah. We'll, we'll probably all be falling asleep unless you're a really diehard Auburn fan staying up for that one. And then lastly, the big one, it is Alabama against Texas. I've been saying, you know, thinking all summer long, I felt like Texas was going to take this one, but I don't know why. Just the feeling I'm getting after the week one games, I feel like Alabama's going to cover the seven points at home in Tuscaloosa. Give me the Tide, minus seven. I think the Tide rolls, and I think uh, I think they get it done. So give me Alabama, minus the uh, seven at home. And there you have it. Those are our week two picks in the SEC. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Tomorrow on the show, uh, come on back and check us out, or rather Monday. We'll be reacting to all of the games from SEC Week 2. We'll have our winners and losers, our staple that we do Monday, uh, Mondays throughout the football season. I'm Chris Gordon. This has been Locked on SEC. You guys have a great weekend. Again, we'll talk to you guys on Monday.